0: Coming up this week, we will talk to Danny about what it's like to live 10 short minutes from the gates of Walt Disney World. Hey, everybody, welcome to the third episode of To the Mouse and Back. Before I get into this week's episode, I just want to say a quick reminder that all of the information about submitting an upcoming trip to potentially be featured on the show can be found on my website. That is tothemouseandback.com slash submit. And that'll show you everything that I need to know about your trip. I do take all of the trips that I get and try to find a nice variety of trips. So I haven't picked anything yet. So if you have a trip that you think would make a really good trip report, please feel free to send that information to me. So this week's episode is going to be a little bit different from these first couple of episodes. So my friend Danny has a Disney podcast and a blog called Average Diz Nerd. And we decided to do an episode together. Danny lives in Orlando, and he's also a former Disney cast member. So he's got a really unique perspective on Disney World in general. So this episode is going to be a little bit different too because you'll hear me talk more than I usually do. And I'll let you decide if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I hope you'll check out Average Dis Nerd and enjoy my chat with Danny.
1: This is a weird thing that I do with my show, but I'm not sure if maybe I should just format it a little differently. Normally I do a cold open, um, just with, you know, a conversation starter asking you a question and just going straight into it. Um, uh-huh.
0: I've heard your show before, Danny. (laughs) I know. (laughs) You act like I don't listen. The only episodes I haven't listened to are the one where Barry does not know anything about Disney. And... Um, the one where you talk about Marvel, because I'm not like I'm not like a huge Marvel person. Okay, I, which you can evidence by the fact that I just called it Marble and not Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go.
1: Well, I also love that that's echoed by the fact that you bring up like you're like Bullberry well, didn't know that uh, you know he has never seen X Disney movie and you called it Marble. So you know <laughs> all of us here We're very accepting of whatever fandom you might be into or not.
0: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It works. <laughs>
1: Um, Well, on that note, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to welcome you to this week's episode of The Average Disney Nerd Show. This week, I wanted to invite a good friend of mine on to the show to talk more about Disney from a more broader perspective. Uh, So I want to welcome Rachel McCauley from To The Mouse and Back podcast. Rachel, how you doing?
0: I'm doing pretty good. How are you, Danny?
1: Uh, I'm sleepy and sweaty, but, you know, I mean, that's just what life is like in Orlando, I guess.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, you live in a swamp town, so, like, <laughs> I figure you're just always sweaty.
1: I know. it's. I didn't grow up here. I, I'm a recent transplant from a few years ago, and there are uh, things to get used to, for sure. Lack of snow, for starters, and then, you know, the sweat just never stops. <laughs>
0: Yes. Yeah, like sweat and alligators. That's pretty much all I think about other than, you know, Disney, of
1: course. True. <laughs> Even as a local, like it's hard because I live like 10 or 15 minutes away from, from like the gate of Epcot probably. Um, but yeah, it is still routinely reminded to me. Like my girlfriend always reminds me of, I live near a bed of water and she's like, no, don't go near there. There's a thousand percent an alligator. In that thing. I just wasn't raised around that though. <laughs>
0: Now, did you move to Orlando because of Disney? Like, I don't actually know why you moved there.
1: <laughs> Is uh, this
0: like, did you want to be there for Disney?
1: Uh, well, yeah. So, like, about 10 years ago, oh my gosh, wow. I, I know that I might have listeners older than me, but I'm going to make myself sound really young and old or whatever. But, like, man, I feel old. 10 years ago, I actually <laughs> moved to Orlando. Um, I did the Disney College program back in 08. Well, cause you know, you're a college kid and for anyone out there that has either done the college program or an interested in it, it's great. I loved it. But as a Disney nerd, I was like, Oh, this is great. I'll move to Orlando for six to eight months and I'll be done and that'll be it. And it will be fantastic. Well, I ended up staying for a year. <laughs> the entirety of 2008, I worked for Disney, um, in a few different roles. I was custodial, but I also did a role for some Uber Disney fans might know of, um, the year of a million dreams. There was something called, uh, the dream squad they we were the people that would give out the prizes so i would routinely award people one night stays in Cinderella castle and
0: i'm so jealous that's awesome
1: oh it was like i honestly i should probably do an episode about that
0: <laughs> oh yeah you totally should
1: it's it was one of the most like life changing experiences and i mean to give you an idea like for training they brought us up to the castle suite because well we had to know what we were awarding and what we were bringing people in so Um, they took us up to the castle suite and we just kind of got to go hang out for a bit. And I actually got to go on. This is pretty fun. When I was there, um, there's this little foyer and it's gorgeous. It's like, I I feel poor standing inside of it because it's like (laughs) plated in gold. Um, but you're, you're in this little foyer before you get into the secret door that brings you into the actual suite. But to the right, there's another secret door that actually has the guest relations concierge. Because when you stay there, well, well for these lucky people that get to stay there, they have a cast member that's routinely there, 24-7, ready to do whatever. Clearly, they're there to keep you there. But also, if you're <laughs> like, hey, I want a turkey leg. There was a famous story that went around where th- some guests said, it's 11 p.m. and we just never got to get our turkey leg and we really like turkey legs and they were like well hold on (laughs) and they made some calls and about 30 minutes later they had turkey legs and popcorn and whatever being brought up to their room (laughs) wow yeah so it's cool that that service is there um but we so we got to get a little tour of where the guest relations cast member is hanging out and while we were there i saw some stairs like couldn't be more than six or seven stairs leading up and i looked at them and i just went hey is that uh is, is that Tinkerbell? <laughs> and they looked at me and they went, "Yeah." And I went, "I'm not allowed out there, am I?" And, and they just went, "Well, don't tell anyone." <laughs> and here I am on a podcast.
0: Here you are saying it on a podcast. <laughs> I don't
1: work for them anymore. I'm not, I'm not I'm not too scared. <laughs> So I I got to go out on like the roof of the castle and I still have some photos from my original iPhone. So they're blurry, but they're there. Um, <laughs> and I have these photos of standing on the edge of the castle, like kind of peeking my head over and seeing Main Street and seeing Tomorrowland, a contemporary. It it was insane. Like I can now look from Main Street up to the castle and go, that's where I was standing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome.
1: yeah. Um really cool. so uh, god tangent but to rewind back to <laughs> your <laughs> original question um I worked for Disney for a while and then I moved back home to North Carolina and the the mouse just kept calling me back I I had friends here I had kind of a built-in circle of friends that I already known I was looking for a change of pace and I thought well I kind of already know Orlando a decent amount but I got to tell you like in the 10 years it's been since I've lived in Orlando in 2008 to now 2018 this city is changed like night and day. I believe it. Back then it was like, well, it was Disney and then a bunch of Chili's and McDonald's. And don't get me wrong, <laughs> <laughs> that still exists.
0: <laughs> um,
1: but the Orlando, the city has really grown into its own beast. And I'm, I'm for those of you that don't know, I'm originally from Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, which I love and that it will always be home. But I am now proud to say I live in Orlando. Like Orlando's a pretty dope town. And then by the way, there's an, another city called Walt Disney World down the block. <laughs> <laughs> but that's going to be a weird uh, I mean, I kind of know where you where you're at right now cuz you don't how often do you get to come down here?
0: So, we actually, I mean, I went down a bunch as a kid. Like I went when I was really little. I went a couple times in middle school and then in high school it was actually really neat because my um my music department from our high school all went down around christmas and our marching man marched in the electric light parade um the chorus sang in the candlelight processional and the orchestra which i was in i was first seat cello player um we played a little concert in tomorrowland oh wow they had all of the first chairs um were miked and then that's what they played throughout all of Tomorrowland during our concert so my cello playing was miked in all of Tomorrowland so I'm basically famous <laughs> so um that's my claim to fame so you probably heard that one time that I was playing the cello oh i'm um, sure <laughs> yeah of course and then i went in college and then not again so that was well going back to oh my goodness so long ago that was like 2005 And then I didn't go again until last year. I went with my husband, who, of course, you used to work with, um, and our two kids. So we took our daughter was three at the time. And then our younger daughter was eight months old. Oh, wow. That was the first time I had been in years. And it was the first time I really like planned a trip.
1: Mm -hmm. Which I mean, planning a trip is like there's I mean, clearly I I have you on the show. There's a culture behind it. (laughs)
0: There really is. And like, it's one of those things where I've read that of the all the people who go to Disney, that only something like 10 or 20% do like any planning at all. (sighs) And... Only like 1% of people do like the like for real planning of like, okay, I'm going to make like a touring plan and like pick the parks and like plan three fast passes a day and Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. Like most people, I mean, it's funny, like when we go through the fast pass line and we have these people staring at us with these looks, like, (laughs) who do you think you are? And I want to be like, you can do this. like If you just download, like, I want to hand out cards that say like, please just download the My Disney Experience app. If you have, like, if you don't have it on your phone. Like, just go home and start your day over again because, (laughs) trust me, it will help you out. Because so many people don't even know that stuff like that exists.
1: Yeah, it is kind of bananas because, I mean, back when the park opened, you know, it was the Magic Kingdom and, like, what, one resort? Was one resort even open when, like, they first, I guess, contemporary? But, like, now, I kind of get it to a certain extent, right? Like, because you and I both clearly spend a lot of time researching and planning and doing a lot. I mean... To be fair, my equivalent of planning is asking my girlfriend, hey, do you want to go to Epcot tomorrow? (laughs) 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 But, um, I mean, the large part of that is because I've been going for so long. And you've been going since, you know, you were in school and whatever. Um, But I've had friends uh, just about uh, two months ago, some of my best friends in the world, who really have little experience with Disney. They all came down. We had this whole big weekend planned and whatever. and. None of them really knew anything. They knew that Splash Mountain existed. They knew that there's this big ball at Epcot and they had heard something about like (laughs) Avatar, but like they didn't know much. And admittedly, I told them, I was like, don't worry. Like, I got you. Like, I obsess over this stuff. (laughs) I will make sure that we will make this work. But I can understand every time that I have family or friends visit, I always go, oh, yeah, this is a very foreign language to you. And they're always impressed by my like, quote unquote, knowledge. But I'm like, don't (laughs) know. This is just a lot of time that I've spent. (laughs)
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I get on these like message boards because I'm a nerd. And um, like somebody will post something that's like, oh, I'm an AP and I have a PPO ADR at MK. And I'm like, (laughs) I know that a year ago, I would have looked at that and been like, is that person having a stroke? <laughs> but now I'm like, okay, cool. You're an annual pass holder and you have a pre-park opening advanced dining reservation at magic kingdom. I'm with you. Like go, we got that. And yeah, it really is like, there's just so much around it that it's, it's insane
1: actually. Yeah. You can never have enough, uh, TLAs or a uh, three letter acronyms in the Disney community.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then whatever the acronym is for alien swirling saucer, I can't remember.
1: Oh, I know. So it's, it's hard to put my finger on <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, don't put your finger on it. Oh, please. That, that's true.
1: <laughs> I should be very careful. <laughs> um, It's funny you say that about like message boards and stuff, because something that I so I mean, obviously, your whole show is about, you know, people planning trips from elsewhere to come into uh, Orlando and go to Walt Disney World. What kind of blew my mind is uh my, my girlfriend, Caitlin. She um <laughs> she's a part. I guess I am, too. Now, we're both part of this Facebook group of disney annual pass holders and it's in the thousands like it's in like thirty thousand people i want to say um and what blew my mind about it originally when i heard it i went oh okay that's probably a place for like people like chit chat about like new announcements and about fancy things we get to do or like stickers or whatever that we get i don't know we get stuff (laughs) 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 um but what i came to find out was that I assumed it was all Orlando people, or at the very least Florida people, like an hour away. And hey, oh man, we're just close enough to go to Disney, but we don't go every weekend. But it's what blew my mind was that it's actually a bunch of people from Georgia and South Carolina and North Carolina and Louisiana, like a large portion of the Southeast, at least in the Disney community. there are annual pass holders there and they come down four or five times a year. And that I did not even put that together in my head up until seeing it on this Facebook group, but man, they're out there. I mean, who knows? Maybe they're listening.
0: (laughs) Well, and they say, too, that if you do the math, especially when you consider that um, being an annual pass holder gives you the memory maker type pictures, um, that if you're doing more than 10 days, either on one trip or multiple trips, that it's actually worth it to do the annual pass holder, especially since quite often you can get the promotions on um, off of the rack rates.
1: Oh, that is true. So,
0: it ends up being, and you know, and you'll see a lot of people that'll just do one annual pass holder in their party so that they can get those discounts. Um, but then some people, I mean, I've talked to people from, I mean, all over the country who do an annual pass holder or they will become an annual pass holder and they'll do a trip in like January and then another one in December so they can take advantage oh, of, what? of having it like that.
1: Huh. That is, oh wow. See, this is, <laughs> this is why I wanted to talk to you. These are some next level tricks that I was unaware of huh so the one party one person in the party but everyone gets the perks got it okay yeah I'm always down for a Disney hack
0: (laughs) but it really is a whole other ball game like when you're local and you know you don't have to stress too much about like all right you know we'll we'll do whatever and of course I'm I'm, you're a Disney nerd so you're still gonna kind of make your plan but like Dude, I have a spreadsheet, and my next trip is not until December. Oh, wow. And I have got a spreadsheet that has every single day, it has my tentative plans for morning, afternoon, and evening, I have each meal planned out, (laughs) I have, like, I have some evenings off-planned, I have some mornings off-planned, because, like we are gonna we fly in on a saturday we fly back on a saturday and i have to maximize that time oh sure so it's not you know so it's like i'm like this is like i have like an attack plan for disney so yeah it's i'm kind of a crazy person
1: (laughs) honestly i think almost all of us are all of us disney fans in one way or another
0: (laughs) oh yeah so you're amongst friends
1: (laughs) yeah Um, do you in so in that crazy spreadsheet, do you have like, um like relaxation time, like scheduled? Like, do you have like, hey, we're gonna go to the pool and do nothing.
0: So I have some evenings that I have scheduled to go back to the room early. So um, I've heard people talk about the three day wall before, and I never really believed it. But people talked about like the third day is just especially when you have kids that the third day is rough and i didn't believe it at all until when we went in april last april april 2017 um my three-year-old she was like fine in the morning and we got to hollywood studios which granted there there's really wasn't a lot to do at hollywood studios so like i can't blame her for getting a little grumpy but She didn't want to do anything. Every single ride that ride or show or whatever, she was just like, she would have a little temper tantrum before we went inside. And I really think there is something about like that first day you've got adrenaline and you're like, we're going to do stuff. And then the second day you're like, okay, cool. We're still having fun. And the third day your body, again, especially with kids is just like, nope, done. Mm -mm, I need a break so so like that day I have us um doing Epcot in the morning and going back to the hotel after lunch and taking a nap and hanging out at the pool and eating at the hotel like I've so I've kind of like built in an easy evening and then later in the week we're gonna attempt the um Christmas party
1: oh okay
0: we're not gonna be there till midnight like I know we're not gonna be there till midnight but um I I just kind of like I want to see I miss the electric light parade so bad. And like, I have considered booking a trip to Disneyland so that I can see <laughs> night oh, because I've yeah. heard so many good things about it. And so I'm like, okay, being able to see a nighttime parade on the East coast would be awesome. So, so like I ha- but I had to, as I was making my dining reservations, cause those have to be made. Well, You can start making them 180 days in advance. So I had to already kind of think through that. So the day that we're doing that, like that day, I had to kind of plan nothing in the morning so that the kids can sleep in Mm -hmm. and just kind of relax. And then we'll do the party and then nothing the next morning because we may get them back to the room late. So I did build in some free time when I think we're going to need it.
1: Okay. Huh. That I mean, that's, (laughs) I guess it's just, you know, type A, type B personalities, right? Like where some, oh yeah the people that go and just say, I don't know, we, we show up to the park. I remember being a cast member and seeing people that are like, can you, (laughs) my favorite, (laughs) one of my favorite quotes. Um, and the worst part is we heard this all the time and I'm sure people still do is I worked at Hollywood studios for my tenure and, um, People would show up and be like, yesterday we went to Disney World. (laughs) What? (laughs) You're here now. But they just refer to Magic Kingdom as Disney World. Uh, I
0: do think that that's Disney World. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Um So it is just interesting thinking of like the two types of personalities, those that say, oh, well, we don't plan anything. Not even the names of the parks all the way to I need to schedule when I relax and see because that's always my concern with whenever I see friends or family members going to Disney and like burning out for a while. My family has told me that like we're done. We don't want to go there anymore. And of course, me, the Disney nerd is like, what the hell? What are you talking about? We're not going back. And I think I get it now in hindsight is because they got burnt out. They just did so much. And, you know, having two kids, me and my sister, like, go, 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 go. It's it takes a lot of energy out of you. And one of my things now as a local is, well, first, there's barely a plan. (laughs) If ever, (laughs) I guess there's a destination. Um, But the other thing is, is that I daydream about granted again i live 15 minutes away from the park but i go to the <laughs> resorts and i go oh man i really just want to get a night at this resort not to go to the parks i want to get a night at this resort so i can go hang out at this pool i was uh-huh. at um i was at wilderness lodge yesterday and uh some friends and i went to uh, geyser point before we went to the magic kingdom and when we were like walking to Geyser Point. Y'all, that Wilderness Lodge pool looks incredible. And the Contemporary has a, a really nice pool that we were like checking out. That's what I daydream about. It's so it, it, it's crazy just because I take it for granted. I can go on Space Mountain tomorrow morning if I felt like it. Um, but what I've ended up prioritizing is <laughs> where are the places where I can go to the quiet <laughs> away from the people?
0: Yeah. And I feel like there's like a good kind of happy medium when it comes to planning. Like not everybody needs a spreadsheet. I like having spreadsheets and I like I like making spreadsheets because I'm a giant nerd. Um, But a lot of people just seeing this spreadsheet has stressed some of my friends out. So like I this is not the right level for a lot of people. But then I see people when I'm there who are buying their tickets at the gate Oh my and god. <laughs> that stresses me out because I'm like you first of all you're here like 2 hours after the park opens so like you miss like the best touring time you don't have fast passes because you're literally buying your tickets right now and they're going to walk in and be like what do we do? Like so th- <laughs> I feel like there's like a good balance between like having a spreadsheet that has your trip planned out like 4 months in advance uh, who am I kidding I've had this for 8 months um <laughs> versus like walking in and like buying your tickets at the gate like there's there's a happy medium somewhere that you can like at least have some fast passes booked decide if you want some character meals and have those booked and then like beyond that like go with the flow a little bit
1: yeah it's it is definitely like a a a seesaw um like the more relaxed you are the less planned you are and like the structured but the more structured you are the less relaxed (laughs) yeah it's a weird balance and it's I find it very interesting just as a thought experiment to consider, like, well, where does Disney play into this? Because they clearly look into this entire community. Like, (laughs) I'm not going to say they listen to my show because we're not there yet.
0: (laughs) Hey, Disney, what's up? Hey,
1: what's up, Mickey? Um, Or I guess Bob.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Um,
1: But uh, they, they clearly look at this crowd, like people like you and, like, that whole community of people that play them. And look at, as you brought up earlier, MDE or My Disney experience. Like that is built based off of the idea that people plan. Like um, a friend of the show, Len Testa, has touringplans.com. And that whole website is dedicated upon the idea of, well, we want to plan every single thing we do. So I think Disney looks at that and they go, okay, well, there's a market here. Look at the whole fast passes you have to book a time and you have to go at a specific time there are those that I mean do you I I, I'm gonna I guess I assume the answer to this but do you enjoy booking fast pass times
0: um do I enjoy booking like I enjoy having a time reserved I don't enjoy having to think about it that far in advance and I don't enjoy the like mad rush that is 7 a.m fast pass day where I'm like this page won't load. And I'm like freaking out. Like I I, I don't, that stresses me out so much.
1: Well, see, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's that balance of like, well, how far do you take it? Do you allow them to book out six months in advance? What's that proper window? And then for us locals, uh, I really should know the answer to this, but I never book fast passes. I always allow my friends to do it for me. I think (laughs) it's like two weeks. I could be way off on that. But either way, it is a weird moment because no matter what the number is, it feels odd because the spontaneity for locals is so much different back in the day it would be like well hey it's a friday do you just want to you want to go to magic kingdom or go to studios or whatever and sure we'll like we'll roll the dice and see what fast passes are available but now we all have to like coordinate a week prior and be like okay next weekend we're going to go do food and wine let's find yeah. a time and you're right. The benefit being I love walking up and feeling like royalty <laughs> and saying, uh, well, I've waited for my appointment time. Um, right. <laughs> but those moments when you don't have it, you feel like a peasant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I think it's a very interesting problem for Disney to balance um, from the app perspective. But also I think about like, so we're looking at Galaxy's Edge, right? A year and change away um we don't know what the opening date is and i'm sure they don't either they said late fall 2019 which when's winter solstice i guess a day before that is when right <laughs> is, is whenever guardian uh, guardians uh, galaxy's edge will open but then for people like you and like your listeners and everyone that like tries to plan their trip coming from out of town that's got to be a nightmare if i was trying if i lived anywhere but down the street from disney and i wanted to be relatively close within the opening date of Galaxy's Edge. Oh my god, that like I would be sweating every day.
0: Oh yeah. Well, and what's interesting is if you look at uh if you look at how Attendance and specifically reservations at the resort. If you look at how it's changed recently, this trend away from the summer months where summer's not as busy anymore, and then you know, fall has been a lot busier recently. But then, if you look at this fall, they extended the free dining promotion, which I mean, how many years has it been? since they've had free dining and they I don't think they've ever extended it because people aren't booking this fall and if you look at they just released a new bounce back offer that's also free dining and the blackout dates are a whole lot less than they used to have because again people aren't booking like they used to they have got openings in these resorts that they didn't had they didn't have before and there's so much speculation that it's people who are like you know what like i'm done i've i've done pandora i'm going to wait until star wars opens and I think we're going to see some crazy discounts coming out throughout 2019 because you're exactly right. Like, people, they don't want to book something in November only be only to be disappointed and told, nope, sorry, we're not going to be there yet. I mean, I think we're going to see in 20, 2020 is going to be crazy. Like... I, we have already said we're not going to Disney in 2020. That's probably going to change. But um I just think it's going to be crazy cuz there are going to be so many people who have been waiting and waiting until this is open and it's going to be insane.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've talked about it on the show before. I'm <laughs> I keep getting terrified about the idea that I live so close. And that I'm not sure if Orlando's ready for Galaxy's Edge yet. Um, I yeah. just heard a report on uh, the testa show with Jim Hill, the Disney Dish show, just earlier today. That rumor goes is that the I4 project is a hundred million dollars over budget and ten weeks behind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and ten weeks. I mean, I I think that's the correct number. That's not terribly bad, but a hundred million dollars over budget, like. And supposedly the reason is weather, which is obviously something they cannot account for and, you know, prepare for, I guess, a, right. a whole bunch. Um, but that is kind of scary because the world will be descending upon this city. And it's... Man. But um, so earlier you mentioned the the lack of summer months or I guess the change of summer months of how the things have changed. I find it so interesting to see how they're handling this because... Um, So my girlfriend used to do marathon runs. She actually just ran the Disney Marathon this past January. And we've had plenty of conversations about how the, um, the part of the reason that they do these runs in the seasons in which they do these runs is because it gets people to come down. There used to be the fabled... Slow, quote unquote slow season where people would come down and be like, oh, there's no one here. And all my friends, right. you know, used to say, oh, well, January, third week of January is great. Well, Disney doesn't want that. Disney doesn't want there to ever be a slow period because that's not good for, for business. Um, so they started doing the runs and all these other events to kind of like look at the Epcot has. <laughs> Not Diet Epcot has the festivals. (laughs) Um, And so now we have the art festival in the winter months, and then we have Flower and Garden. To be honest, I went to Epcot in the summer, and I went, give me my festivals. (laughs) I need a reason to be here. And that's all of that to say, this past summer was very interesting to me as an annual pass holder because they were doing their best to get every local in this park. To your point of people not booking the rooms... All the silver people that you... So, for those of you that don't know, for annual pass holders, there's a couple of tiers. Um, silver and gold are the two highest, or I guess number two and three. The highest is platinum. I'm a gold uh, annual pass holder, which means I don't get to go on Christmas Day, which I don't want to be there anyway. <laughs> right. Um, silver traditionally has had blockout dates, like summer, primarily. Summer and spring ba- break and uh, part of the Christmas season, silver doesn't get to go. But this summer, this entire month of June, they went, hey, silver people, you get to come in. And the moment I saw that, I went, oh, man, they're hurting.
0: <laughs> yeah. These attendance
1: numbers are low. And for the first time in a while, I went in June and I did not hate being there because <laughs> there weren't crowds and crowds and crowds of people.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. And I it's so hard to know, like, is that... Because of weather, is that because school schedules are different than they used to be? You know, there's a lot more people on year-round schools and things like that. Um, Have they just done too good a job getting people there in these off times that now everybody's like, I don't want to be there in the summer, it's too busy, so much so that it's not busy anymore?
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's, um, (laughs) from a feeling, totally purely anecdotal perspective, it just feels like it's constantly smoother. So the slower times have gotten a little bit busier, but the way busier times have dipped down quite a bit. Um, my barometer for how Epcot feels will always be... So <laughs> I almost always try to park at, you know, go to a boardwalk area resort, be it boardwalk or Swan and Dolphin or something, and then walk over to Epcot. So my barometer is always for Epcot. for the Like if you ever go up the little hill near... um The bridge between the united kingdom and france pavilion and you're Uh walking down the hill into the united kingdom towards the fish and chips and the rose and crown um that hill looking down out towards world showcase into canada that's my barometer for how busy it is (laughs) Uh And, and if i crest that hill and i see i don't know however many people like inches between people moving I will know how comfortable I'll be at Epcot. And it's been a very long time since I've walked over that hill and gone, Oh no. (laughs) So I, who knows, maybe that's their strategy. Maybe they want that. Maybe they, they want it to just be smoother and a better guest experience for everyone. My hunch is that they're probably going to try to, as you said, um, get some more discounts going and get more people in these, these rooms. Yeah. Um, and speaking of that, actually, uh, Just last night, I got to go to one of these things where Disney's trying to... I'm not sure if this is tied into what we were just discussing or if this is something totally different. But Disney's routinely trying to get more annual pass holders, I guess, give us more perks. My own personal theory is that they're going to try to change the annual pass holder model to go from gold and bronze and silver and platinum or whatever. Um, there have been some rumors going around about how they're going to change to more of a, um, like, silver... What is it? I think silver will get less, but gold will give you more. So they kind of want to, like, widen the gap in between the two. So for... Yeah. So for gold um, annual pass holders, they gave us a special opportunity called the annual pass holder VIP or VI (laughs) Passholder. it was a weird (laughs) acronym, very important pass holder event, let's just call it that. And so they sent us an email and they said, hey, we're gonna give everyone an opportunity to spend some extra time at some of the parks. So I initially raised an eyebrow and went, that sounds pretty great, Um, give me more time at the, the theme parks that I pay you monthly for. And so they then send the email that says, okay, you have to pick between one of three dates to do this. There was um, last night for the Magic Kingdom, August, what's that, 6th, 5th? Um, and then there are two nights in September and October for Epcot, where they will keep the park open after hours. So,
0: And you had to pick either Magic Kingdom or one of the Epcot
1: ones? Correct. Out of the three okay. dates, you as an annual pass holder in your My Disney Experience app had to pick whichever night you wanted to go with. Um so my girlfriend went with... Like, she booked it for me and my buddy. And she said, let's do Magic Kingdom. Primarily because Magic Kingdom is usually a zoo. Um, and, well, maybe this will mean that, you know, they're limiting it. Because it's a <laughs> it's a VIP event. Usually right. when you hear the name VIP, you think you're a little, <laughs> a little exclusive. So she right. goes, well, let's do that then. Because we never get to see Magic Kingdom when it's slow. Uh, which I totally subscribe to. And then we get there. So we... The park closed at 10 last night. We arrived probably around 8-ish. We had booked Fast Passes for Big Thunder, so we go to do Big Thunder. We grab a Mickey Waffle at Sleepy Hollow, and then we go to go watch Happily Ever After. And what we ended up finding was, so Happily after, Ever After, you know, it's incredible as always. The show ends, and then we go to the people mover, hoping that we would start see the people like leave the park. Because, well, get out of here, you peasants. You're not a very important (laughs) pass holder. (laughs) I'm the very important pass holder. Um, (laughs) The problem is the event lasted from 10 till 12. But technically, any day guests that had paid however much money to get into the park, they could board or get into a line for an attraction at 9.59. And boy, howdy, did they. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: everyone, it seemed like everyone was boarding or trying to get in line right as as the park was closing. So it did end up feeling slow at around eleven p.m. About an hour after all of those other people funneled out, eventually it got to the point of feeling like, oh, this is comfortable. This is you know, we walked onto pirates essentially at eleven p.m. So I kinda don't know like what they were going for with this whole event because I looked at it and went, well, as I said, I think we should have a little bit of a special experience. I'm not asking you to, I don't know, serve me caviar, but (laughs) give me give me a little bit of a a unique experience. And to me, I feel like I've been to Magic Kingdom on publicly open nights when they close at like midnight. And it's felt slower than it did that night. Um, And it really it's not even like they had special entertainment. There wasn't like character meet and greets or like. I don't know, decorations or merchandise or food or anything. They barely had food out. It felt very like they threw a dog a bone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say there's not very much VIP about everything you just described.
1: No, I mean they. It was. It felt like extra magic hours. Um, uh-huh. And who knows? Maybe this is my own expectation setting in my head um i'll be very curious to hear what people on twitter and like listeners if anyone ends up going to the epcot one please reach out and let me know i'm like on twitter because i really want to know i don't get to go to the epcot ones since we uh used our experience with the magic kingdom but i don't know maybe if people hear that that's what you expect if i knew what i was getting myself into i feel like i would have enjoyed myself more but we went and we went left and went oh, i guess that was kind of fun <laughs> But there was nothing like, oh, wow, I'm so excited for the next VI Passholder event. Also, they should work on that name.
0: (laughs) Seriously. Well, and they have, what's it called, like Moonlight Magic or something like that for the DVC members. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, you know, they have some, but I think even just calling it that makes it a little more clear that it's like we're just we're keeping the doors open for you for a couple you know like for an extra hour or two when you call it vip it's like hey this is very special not just like okay cool like we're gonna we're gonna stand here and look at our watches you've got an extra you know two hours (laughs) to ride some stuff and then get out
1: and it's funny you say that about the the moonlight magic because some of our friends that we met up with when we were there they are dvc members and they were telling us they're like we've been to the dvc events and those are leaps and bounds, <laughs> stronger events than what we're experiencing right now. Um, yeah,
0: don't they have food and stuff like that at those?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. First off, they told us that it's basically a ghost town, like that you can just do whatever you want. Like it's it's like <laughs> you own the park. Um, and two, yeah, they told us there was food and like it felt more like a special event. Um, and don't get me wrong. I, I'm not trying to complain about a free thing that I got or quote unquote free, like an extra perk. I won't say no to that. Like ultimately right. it was nice to be there. It was a nice thing that we got to do. We got these fancy little wristbands. <laughs> we, so did you
0: keep it? Did you keep your wristband? Uh,
1: it is sitting right next to me.
0: <laughs> see, now you have this souvenir that you can keep literally forever.
1: Uh, I mean, it is one of those wristbands, like kind of like when you go to a club and you're 20 years old in college. <laughs> <laughs> so, I uh, I'm not sure how long it'll last. <laughs> but uh it was funny we were on the monorail going over to the contemporary and there was this family that was on the monorail and there was also a cast member, like a monorail cast member that I don't know was leaving their shift or something. And the family started asking the cast member, "Hey, what's uh what is that um little uh thing for? Like the, all these wristbands that we keep seeing?" And he goes, "Oh, oh, that's for <laughs> What did he say? I think he said that's for D- DVC members. And we all like kind of just like made a look at each other and went, <laughs> oh, I mean, it doesn't matter. But it is kind of funny that you have no idea what's happening in this park.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like, I don't know. I just I just drive this train around. Who
1: cares? <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm still here. and I'm not at home and it's eleven thirty. So. <laughs> so, yeah, it was fun. And, and I will always take advantage of whatever they want to give me for free, but it did feel a little, uh, I don't know. It could have been a heck of a lot more.
0: Yeah. A little bit of a letdown.
1: Um, but speaking of after hours events, you said that you have a not so, not, not, not so scary, very merry planned. Yes. Have you been to a very merry before?
0: I haven't. And I was really debating on if I wanted to, if I wanted to attempt it, because when we go, our kids will be five and two. Um, But what I figure is we are actually staying at the Contemporary. We're staying in the Garden Wing of the Contemporary. So when we go, um, we're going to be spending a lot of time at Magic Kingdom because we've got little kids. So what we're doing actually is um, one of the nights that we're there, I so I really want them to see Happily Ever After. Um, I saw Happily Ever After for the first time this past May when my husband and I went just the two of us and it was, it was so incredible. I, um, the projections on the castle is just like, I mean, you, you like look away for a second you look back at the castle and suddenly it's the beast castle and you're like, wait a second, (laughs) how'd they do that? Um, like it's so incredible. So I really want them to see the, the, um, The fireworks, but I really don't want to have to deal with like staking out a spot an hour and a half early or any of that madness. So, one night we're going to be doing the dessert party at Magic Kingdom so that we can see Happily Ever After. And then the next night we're doing um, the Christmas party. Because on Christmas party nights, the fireworks are at like 10pm or something. And Mm -hmm. that's just too late. I I can't do that late with the kids. So we will have two Magic Kingdom nights. And so then that second night, we'll do um, the Christmas party. And I figure that we'll have a stroller with us. And like, when they start getting tired... I will be that mom who changes them into pajamas while we're, like, in the (laughs) park. And then we can just walk back to the contemporary. We, You know, we can get on the monorail if there's not a line or anything. But, like, after the fireworks that Wednesday night, we don't have to wait for a bus or a monorail or a boat. We can just walk back and just, like get back to, like, take our time, get back to the room, drop the kids into bed. Um, So it'll, it's going to make things a lot easier. We were at Art of Animation last time, which I loved, and I loved having the extra space. But man, like, getting the kids out of the, the stroller, folding the stroller up, waiting on the bus, like, it was definitely, it was a pain. And again, like with the um annual pass holder thing i don't want to complain about free things so i don't want to (laughs) complain about the transportation but i'm gonna complain about the transportation because the bus is a pain yeah um yeah so we're gonna attempt those when we're there
1: yeah to me it could (laughs) i get this from like a privileged perspective of like oh well i've stayed at the beach club um (laughs) (laughs) but it it is true it's crazy (sighs) I don't think it could be understated or, sorry, overstated how much of an advantage it is to be walking distance from where you are. So, this is a bit of a controversial opinion for a Disney podcast. I'll be honest, I really don't like going to Magic Kingdom. It's not that I dislike Magic Kingdom, I hate the journey to and from. It's, it's like I am Frodo Baggins trying <laughs> to, <laughs> like, it, it is a schlep to get from wherever I parked to the monorail to the magic kingdom. And I always think about like, well, if I'm in fantasy land, even as a local, even, and I go, oh, I am an hour and a half away from my bed <laughs> <laughs> from, by the time I walk and then take the transportation and take my own car or wherever and be it a bus or whatever. I stayed, uh, uh, yeah, I guess about eight years ago at Bay Lake tower and, Bay Lake Tower, in my opinion, is beautiful. Sure, it is a very basic, quote-unquote, design. Um, but I really enjoyed my time there for no other reason other than my buddies and I were hanging out, and we went, hey, do you want to go to Magic Kingdom? Sure, we'll be there in eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We will walk there, and we'll be there immediately. So yes, of course, let's go to Magic Kingdom. So And, and that's why my favorite resort is the Beach Club, uh, For I mean, for numerous reasons. But one of those reasons is... Yeah, because I could be in my room, and then within 10 minutes, I could be at the Rosen Crown saying hi to my friend Charlotte. <laughs> like,
0: Oh, yeah. We stayed at the beach club in May, and um, we watched Illuminations from over kind of near Germany. Oh, okay. And it took us... Um, we actually had reserved... A reserved area because we were doing their pilot program where if you were staying club level you could buy extra fast passes and get reserved seating for um the like nighttime shows oh so we were the only ones in that spot so like literally <laughs> there was this like roped off area that was like 20 feet by 20 feet that kind of like jutted out into the little like lake a little bit yeah and man we got some dirty looks from people i'm like i promise <laughs> we're not special we just paid for this <laughs> um but uh but like so we saw the show and it took us 12 minutes walking from there to set foot into our hotel room. And I was like, you know, most of the people around us, like they haven't even passed spaceship earth yet. Like Mm -hmm. they're still making their way through future world. And we are in our room like that, that location, you just can't beat it.
1: Yeah. And especially when you consider like, I get it. I am all about saving a buck um and or if i if i don't have the means to like there have been plenty of times when i just haven't had the funds available visiting here to stay on disney property but that is an advantage that disney has that i think that other places i mean look at universal universal is scrambling um and i think doing a really good job at it of creating more and more options to be close to their parks um i yeah. mean just in about a week or so we're probably going to have a media event and a grand opening of their new aventura hotel which I'm not sure if you've seen the photos. I drive by it twice a day and it looks incredible. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But so that, I mean, it cannot be overstated how important that is for like from a competitive advantage, but also if you're just a guest trying to enjoy your time, honestly, it's worth the money. I would, I would forego a nice dinner or two (laughs) during my vacation if it meant that some of those dollars could go towards being just so close to my room.
0: Yeah. Or, you know, instead of doing seven nights, do five nights or six nights, save yourself. Cause I mean, that's the number one way that guests can save money when they're going is, you know, you save yourself an entire, a night at the hotel, a day's worth of food, a day's worth of tickets, a day's worth of mommy. I need that bubble blower. Like you save yourself <laughs> a lot of money if you cut a day or two off and then spend that money on ways that you're going to be using your time a lot better and your sanity because, oh my goodness, like, like you said, when you're in magic kingdom, not only is it just time consuming, I just think it's really disorienting to like you like, Drive there, and you get parked, and you hop out, and you're like, "We're at Magic Kit." Wait, wait,
1: where? <laughs> Jk. Where,
0: what is what is this place? Like, you're know, like, here, hop on this tram that's going to take you to the TTC, so that you can get on the monorail, so that you can get to the magic king and you're like okay when when does the fun start like what (laughs) like it's i just think it's it's so disorienting so yeah like if you can save that and like stay on a monorail resort or like wilderness lodge wilderness lodge is a deluxe resort but it's the cheapest of the magic kingdom area resorts it's not on the monorail but you've got a boat and if Mm -hmm. you've got kids the boat is a ride in itself it's like kids we're on a boat and they're like yay so
1: yeah, plus, <laughs> small thing about the boat is we that was actually our, our roadmap yesterday. If you follow me on Twitter, we started, we did a, like a bar crawl, basically. We went to the Contemporary, got some drinks there. We took a boat from the Contemporary over to Wilderness Lodge to go to Geyser Point, which, have you been to Geyser Point, by the way?
0: I haven't, but I've heard really good things about it.
1: Oh, man. Love. Absolutely. like <laughs> Love that place. It's probably don't get me wrong, I adore the Polynesian, I basically live there, I love the Polynesian so much but the sunset on water views that you get like basically 10 feet away from the water <laughs> at Geyser Point they're, they are on point, the food is solid, like I really enjoy the food for the price that you pay, like I got an order of wings for like 12 bucks and they were delicious, um, my buddy got a burger for like 14 and it looked pretty good and he really enjoyed it, so like I think it's a good value, but, man, that whole – you get to sit on a couch outside. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But my whole point is just saying, like, on the boat and for Wilderness Lodge or any of the Magic Kingdom Area resorts, the breeze that Bay Lake and Seven Seas Lagoon brings out, it was 90 degrees outside yesterday, but we were out on that boat chilling. (laughs) (laughs) It felt so good, and I went, oh, wow, this is – this is August in Orlando? Oh, yeah, because we're on the water, and this is how people survive, I guess.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: um, but meanwhile, to to rewind for a moment, you... Okay, I, w- I just wanted to bring up Very Merry, because Very Merry is one of my favorite <laughs> favorite things to do at Walt Disney World. I am so excited for you. Yeah, I... Granted, I will fully admit, I'm one of those people that... My birthday is on November 2nd for anyone that wants to, uh, Apple pay me for my birthday. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Mine's November 11th. So, oh, you know, true. just, you can send me some money right after you send Danny some money. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Perfect. <laughs> um, but I'm one of those people that on my birthday, it's like November 2nd. Oh, it's my birthday. Cool. Next day I'm playing Christmas music. I am very <laughs> much so a Christmas like nut job. I quote Christmas vacation and elf. Like it's my job. Um, <laughs> And so that's just the type of person I am. So I'm a little predispositioned to enjoy Very Merry. But I think the atmosphere that you get out of it, the fresh baked cookie, well, quote unquote, fresh baked, fresh warmed up cookies. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The cookies are great. The atmosphere is fantastic. Hearing the Christmas music on Main Street's amazing. You said that you wanted a nighttime parade. I think that parade is fantastic. Um, I think that... Not so scary edges it out uh, because their parade is just incredible. Um, but I got to tell you, you're not going to want me to say this. Duke it out for those 10 p.m. fireworks. You you got to give it a go. They are. Again, I'm a Christmas person, but the way that they it's not H.E.A. I would really love for them to do like an, a happily ever after projection Christmas upgrade. That's what I've been begging for ever seeing since seeing happily ever after. But, man, for the age of the show that that is, it still gets me.
0: So um, we're going to be doing that on Thursday, December 6th. So can you come babysit our kids <laughs> in the room so Mike and I can go see the fireworks at 10? Okay,
1: cool. We'll see you then. <laughs> I will fall on that sword. I will I will do that. I will... <laughs> well, I mean, they'll probably be sleeping anyway. That's that's pretty easy, right? That's true.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just make sure they stay alive.
1: Yeah, I, I think I can do that. I actually really, um, I really respect you and every other parent out there that that brings their kids to Disney because (laughs) I'm not a parent, um, but I do have two little nieces, three and one, uh, one and three years old. um, And I love them with all my heart and soul, but they are a lot at home. (laughs)
0: Yeah, (laughs) like
1: I've we've taken them to the beach before and that alone. I'm like running around trying to make sure one of them doesn't drown. Um, And I can only imagine what that must be like, because when I'm at Disney World, I'm relaxing. I'm chilling on Twitter. I'm (laughs) I'm just hanging out with my friends, whatever. But having two young children in the heat, as you said earlier, like the bubble wand and stuff. Oh, man, I I, I bow down to thee.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think it's, you know, it's really interesting because the number one thing that I tell people now when they're going with kids is to have a plan, but to be ready to just like a hundred percent abandon it at any moment. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, like when my daughter is like, Oh, like we, um, we're waiting in line to see Merida and who, by the way, was one of my favorite characters. And she, like, I don't hear a lot of people talk about meeting her, but she was phenomenal. Oh, really? and yeah like she was i mean her accent was of course just spot on but she was just wonderful and she had that like perkiness of merida but she and she, even some of her mannerisms and the way she moved and moved her hair like i i think i was just like staring at her like a creepo because she was just <laughs> she was amazing and it's funny because we were like right there behind the castle and um they were doing whatever is the like afternoon show that they do sometimes and then at the end of the show they shoot off fireworks Mm. and um we were I'm standing like 10 feet away from Madison meeting Merida and um The photographer says they're about to do the fireworks and Madison was terrified of fireworks. Hmm. So I get this like instant panic because I'm 10 feet away. I'm holding my eight month old and I'm like, oh my goodness, Madison's about to just start like bawling. And Merida sees the look in my eyes and without hesitating, puts both hands over both of Madison's ears. Fireworks go off. Madison just kind of looks around like, what was that? And Mara looks at me and kind of like, I gotcha. And I was just like, oh, my goodness, I love you so much. Like, (laughs) clearly she has to do that, you know, every single day when those fireworks go off. But, like, she was just wonderful. Anyway, that was my tangent. Um, (laughs) When we were done with that, we saw a mama duck with two little ducklings following her. And did my daughter (laughs) want to go to the fast pass that I got up at 7 a.m. to reserve for her? No. She wanted to follow those damn ducks around. Yeah, yeah. And I had to make a decision at that point of like, is this trip about me and about the money that I spent and the value that I want to get out of it? Or is it, is it about seeing my daughter happy? And I had to make the decision that it's about seeing my daughter happy. So you know what? We followed those ducks around.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) So
0: you know, like, but, but if you can't go in without a plan, because then you're just like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what we should do and your kids kind of lose it. But you know, as soon as, as soon as you see that, like, I've got to pivot, you've, you've got to be able to do that. And you've got to be able to do it with a smile on your face. Cause otherwise you're just going to be miserable the whole time.
1: Yeah. It's funny you say that about like, well, well, who is this trip really for? Because when I first, I don't know, 15 years ago or so, when I first started getting into like the Disney internet community, what what I heard a lot of was, well, I'm never going to bring my kids until they're old enough to appreciate it. Like until they're 12 years old or 10 years old or eight years old or 15, 16, whatever. And I heard that I went, you know, naive teenage Danny. I'm like, yeah, that's totally what I'm going to do. And I was talking to my mom. Um, and I, like, we were just talking about Disney. Cause you know, that's what it's like in the Bogue household. <laughs> Um, and I told her that idea and she's, she looked at me like I had three heads and she's like, are you kidding me? And I went, what, why would I waste all that money for a kid that's not going to really like enjoy it? And they're just going to be complaining the whole time. And she goes, Danny, when was the first time you remember going to Disney? And I went, I don't know, like four, maybe like, and I've got like faint memories of it. And she goes, okay, well I took you when you were one and I took you when you were three and four and eight and 10 and she goes you know what those trips when you were 3 years old i know you don't remember that i don't care though because you know who does me and your father we have yeah. memories for the rest of our life that we will never ever ever forget of seeing you react to seeing goofy for the first time and losing your mind <laughs> <laughs> um and that was so enlightening to me and i just went yeah that's a really good point like i get it you know like uh, again it's a lot and kids you know we as adults think so rationally and we're like no no we have to do this and, you know i have a spreadsheet <laughs> <laughs> um but if if the kid reacts one way to i don't know i remember when i was a cast member seeing crying kids and one of the it blows my mind but one of the easiest things for a crying kid i had like a, a little laptop bag that we everyone on the dream squad had full of different various kids stuff like coloring books or bubble wands or whatever. And one of the easiest things in the world was a roll of stickers. And I went, Hey, (laughs) Madison, do you want a sticker? (laughs) Yeah. And then the kids tears just dry up like that. It's it's bananas.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, and I before we went, I hit up the dollar spot at Target and I had like all of these little like tubes of bubbles and stuff. So we would be standing in line and she would just be about to lose it and I would just like whip out a little thing of like princess bubbles and just start blowing bubbles and like not only would it make her happy but there would be like eight kids in the vicinity who like suddenly they're like chasing the bubbles too and you can just see these other parents who are like oh thank goodness okay cool we're good yeah so yeah i mean you have to be prepared for those kind of things and i get you know talking about like waiting till the kids can remember it like i get that for a lot of families you know i mean at disney is a one-time trip and yeah you know you might want to wait a little bit but this whole like Oh, it's a waste if if I go before they can remember it. Like, you don't lock your kids in a room and be like, "I'll see you when you start making long term (laughs) memories." Like, you you don't do that. Like, you still provide them joy and happiness. And I mean, when we went to, um, hold on a second, (coughs) excuse me, when we went to Garden Grill. We, you know, obviously had my had both girls with us, and Eleanor at the time had several developmental delays. Um, she had a gross motor delay, and she was in physical therapy. And she had a fine motor delay, and she was about to start occupational therapy. And you know, it's just a lot on our minds. And when we were at Garden Grill uh Pluto who I just like love so much um uh you know was like playing with my older daughter and he kind of got down in front of Eleanor and Eleanor is just staring at him and then Eleanor reached out her hand and started playing with his whiskers oh my which, god <laughs> it was the first time she had reached her hand out to like touch something like that like to really kind of like experience what it felt like in front of her and i'm sitting there like trying not to cry and i kid you not two and a half minutes because i have a video of it pluto sat there and just like let her play with his whiskers and kind of held his paw out and she's like touching his paw and like the the pluto had no idea how meaningful that was to me and to eleanor but like seeing her finally like make this connection with a thing and like use her hands in this developmentally appropriate way i'm over there like basically sobbing (laughs) and that is a memory i will have my entire life she's not going to remember it but you know what i have a video of it so she will remember Mm -hmm. when i when i show her but like those kind of moments like they're just they're so wonderful and you can't predict them they're just gonna pop up
1: yeah and it's (laughs) you know I get it. I have a blog and a podcast and stuff that talks about like, well, where does uh, Disney fall into like the environmental responsibility with plastic straws? Like, don't <laughs> get me wrong. I, I I'm not naive enough to not realize the irony of what I'm saying, but um, it does kind of frustrate me sometimes when I see arguments online being boiled down to, well, like I've got my own problems with Toy Story Land, but I've seen arguments on twitter of people complaining about toy story land saying it's nothing but glorified carnival rides for kids and i'm like well first off that's reductive as all hell um right but two you i get that this is art that like a themed environment and land is a form of self-expression for artists like imagineers and people that create this stuff they do view it and i too view it as art but but to a certain extent, you know, it's in the eye of the beholder, right? Like, for some people, you have to understand that they will gain memories out of the silliest of things that probably weren't even planned um, to be enjoyed. As much as I might enjoy the detail of why, I don't know, why the uh, the bench in Toy Story Land has a piece broken off because it's played by a kid. Sure, I love that. But there are countless other scenarios in which the people that work in these parks do unbelievable work like yeah even if disney's own quality of build is w- would go down in the future which i doubt um they the way that the the company has a culture for cast members it's been around how long have they been around 60 years now at this point like they know what they're doing from a culture perspective i can say that from someone that has been in that culture pretty deep rooted for quite a while um just as an ex-cast member they 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 really do get that extra well i don't want to say it, but pixie dust <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely
1: well uh i think i think that's a show rachel uh thank you so much for being on like uh, this was a lot of fun
0: yeah absolutely it was really nice to talk to you you have such a different perspective since you're able to just hop over there anytime you want and i'm um, jealous at times, but then also I'm glad because my humidity in North Carolina is not a million percent.
1: (laughs) Oh, trust me. I know. Uh, every time I visit home, it's a very stark contrast of being like, Oh, it's a little chilly up back home. And then being like, Oh yeah, I'm sweltering again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so Rachel, where can people find you and where can they find your, your show?
0: So, um, you can find me on Twitter at mouse and back pod. And you can find my website at tothemouseandback.com I will have the um, the feed for the show up on Apple very soon, up on Apple Podcasts, um, having, you know, a couple issues there, but we're going to work through it. Um, <laughs> but in the meantime, you can find the episodes on the website. And for my listeners, where can they find more about what you do, Danny?
1: Um, you can find me at Um I blog there about various um you know disney twitter or i guess just disney in general be it movies games uh theme park stuff Uh, but you can also find me at at average disnerd on twitter and i'm sure you will find all the links through that glorious twitter account
0: (laughs) (laughs) awesome well it was great to talk to you
1: you too see you later
0: bye I hope you enjoyed that. And also, if you're from Orlando or you just really love Orlando, I hope you weren't offended when I called it a swamp town. Disney makes it a more enjoyable swamp town. So, you know, that's something. Anyway, um, my things I like this week is touringplans.com. Now, if you're an avid planner, you probably are already familiar with touring plans, but they have a ton of tools available to help you plan your trip. There's a crowd calendar and a touring plan builder where they have like massive amounts of data that they've collected about wait times and crowd levels and things like that. So they pull all of that together in a tool to help you plan the most efficient day that you can have in the parks. So a lot of their tools require a subscription, which is $15 for a year. Some people kind of balk at paying for that, but I figure if $15 $15 is a drop in the bucket compared to the thousands you're likely paying for your trip. And if it makes the trip better, it seems worth it to me. So anyway, be sure to follow me on Twitter at Pod, and be sure to subscribe to this show so you can see as soon as new episodes are posted. Thanks for listening. And I'll be back next week with another trip report. Have a great week. Bye.